Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Welcome to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, ladies and gentlemen. How can you increase the chances that your child will not walk away from the faith when they get older. I'm glad you want to know the answer to that because we have someone here who can help you with it. His name is Brett Kunkel. We're at the Cross-Examine Instructor Academy in Albuquerque, New Mexico today. And and, uh, Brett just gave a great presentation on how to teach apologetics to the next generation. And Brett, you've been doing this for quite a while. Your website, maventruth.org. Dot com. Sorry, oh, it's dot com. All right, maventruth.com. Where do you start? How do you, how young do you start? How do you get these kids grounded in the truth? Yeah, I think you start as soon as they're talking. I mean, I think we have to think uh, discipleship, uh, the discipleship of our kids. We got to think long term. We got to think investing in them at a very young age and being very intentional. So, I just here's an easy way that I think about it. That I thought about it as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I thought about it as a parent of five kids myself. But at the and think of three distinct stages right? Because the mind is going to develop. And so you're not going to do the, the same thing at each stage. Uh, those early stages, really what you want to do is you want to teach the what. So a young child uh, is that what classical education is referred to as the grammar stage. This is a stage where you just want to pour truth into them. And you want to help them to uh, to, to know what it is we believe. Now, they're not going to understand it all. That's fine. But think of them as this vessel, this container, and you're just pouring truth into them. And they're going to hold that, and you're going to keep building on it. So for instance, uh, like with our kids when they're young, we had a children's catechism. A catechism is a great tool. It's a tool that the church has used for you know a, a long time it's fallen out of favor probably in a lot of modern evangelical churches, but a catechism is, it's, you know, and some people will object. I've heard people say to me, you know, like, uh, oh, that's a Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's stay away from the Catholic stuff. No, catechism, the Protestant church has used, and it's simply taking our theology and putting it in question and answer form. And so, you know, what is God or who is God? Why did he make you? you know, these kind of things. And children as young as two, three years old can learn those things. And we've done this. We've done this with our own kids. We've done this with Sunday school at our, our home church with two and three-year-olds teaching catechism. And so they're learning about the nature of God. They're learning a, a, an answer about the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Do they understand it? No, that's okay. But we're pouring that truth so that they get the what? They get a foundation. And of course, as they get older, they're going to start to understand more. But then what you're going to do is when they get into about middle school, or it could be fourth, fifth grade, middle school, the mind starts to grow. They start to be able to think abstractly. And that's where kids start to ask the why questions, right? And this is where sometimes we as parents, we get a little annoyed because we think they're, they're questioning our authority, which sometimes they, they are, <laughs> right? But oftentimes they want to, their minds just developing and they want to know, okay, not just the what, but they want to know why. 
They're they're looking for reasons. And so this is we want to capitalize on this. Classical education calls this the logic stage. So we want to teach them how to think. We want to give them reasons why. This is where apologetic training, so teach the why is the second stage. Apologetic training has to be added. And so you start teaching them the why. So, okay, here's the what. All right, now why do we believe this stuff? Here's good apologetics. You start giving that. So you add that. You don't stop teaching the what, but you keep uh, keep teaching the what. Add the why. And then the third stage, which is typically high school, I think you got to teach the how-to. And this is where we get them out from behind the four walls of our homes, the four walls of our churches. We get all that training and teaching out of the classroom and into real life situations so they can see this stuff play itself out. And and there's so many things that this does. Number one, it gives us a chance to model for them what it looks like to to faithfully follow Christ, to, to engage in our, our greatest mission, which is the Great Commission, uh, it, they, they get to see what it looks like to talk to non-believers, have gracious and yet intelligent conversations with unbelievers. Um, they, they get to incorporate other spiritual disciplines like, you know, after engaging with someone, you know, praying for that person. Uh, you know, talking about how they're made in God's image, and we love that person even though we disagree, and so then we pray for them. I mean, you just get to model the whole Christian life, and that's where it comes together uh, so much. Uh, you know, the what, the why, and then the how-to brings it all together. And so I think that's a just kind of simple three-stage process of training our young people so that they, they know what they believe, they know why they, they believe it, and they know why it matters. Uh, and then how to actually express it is the how-to yeah and that you know i think that's a missing part of our training right because we will keep them in youth group or they're in our homes or they're in church but it's always with with other believers it's always you know kind of in the safety of the church and so there's this missing piece they, they they miss learning how to articulate it for themselves right but when we put them in situations, so this is why we, we, we have developed the Immersive Experience Program. We put a ton of effort and time and money in developing the Immersive Experience Program at Maven because we see kids come to life. Their faith comes to life on these trips where we will do, uh, so we've got a trip that's focused on, on uh, theology and scripture. We want kids to know what they believe. And so what we do is we give them the training, they read the books, uh, but then we put together a custom trip for the youth group or the Christian school, and we take them to Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, and we put them in basically in situations where they have to engage with Mormons. And now what they're forced to do is they're forced to articulate what it is they studied. And that does a couple of things. Number one, it shows them how uh, maybe that they don't know as much as they thought right. they did. It wasn't enough just to read it in the book mm. or take the test. Now they got to articulate it and they're realizing, oh, okay, I'm not sure how to articulate this. Oh, okay, so I don't really know it that well. And then secondly, it, that's motivating for a kid because when they, when they see their own uh, insufficiency in articulating their faith, what do they do? They're motivated to go back and study. And now it's no longer me saying, hey, read this theology book. They're saying, hey, where's that theology book? I need to look at it. I need to read it because I know the next day we're going to go out. We're going to talk to more. Yeah, otherwise I'm going to look stupid. Yeah. And I don't want to feel stupid and inadequate. So I need that. Exactly. Tell it to me. And that is incredible motivation. We've had, so we've had kids, high school kids, even some middle school kids who've gone on these trips where they get beat up by a Mormon, right? And I think this may be a great tool 
to motivate our kids. You let them get beat up by a Mormon. <laughs> and they come back. That's scary. And they're, <laughs> yeah, for some of them it is. <laughs> but that there's a healthy fear there because yeah. that motivates them. They will come back and they will study for two, three hours for the next day, because they know they're going out the next day. And now there's this heightened awareness. Okay, here are the questions they're going to ask. Oh, here are the, the verses. Here's the things I couldn't articulate. I couldn't articulate the Trinity. I couldn't articulate salvation by faith. I didn't know the scripture references. So they go and study those things, and they will, we'll give them free time on these trips, and they'll go and study on their free time, and they'll stay up till midnight, one o'clock, getting ready, and they're motivated. And so it creates this internal motivation. It's not just mom or dad or youth pastor saying you need to do this externally. It's now the internal motivation is there. And so it, it, it isn't just applicable to the Mormon situation. You're giving these kids knowledge that they can use with other people as well. You just happen to Absolutely. be going to Salt Lake City, and there are some unique interactions they might have with Mormons, but you're still helping the young person to understand the truth of Christianity and how to articulate it to anyone. Yeah, well, so for us, that trip is the first of three trips. Okay. And so we really want a youth group or a Christian school to go through all three because the first one is really teach the what. So here's our theology. Here, you know, here, here's the, we, we, we go through the doctrine of God. We go through the doctrine of salvation. We go through the gospel. So they're learning some of the basics of the Christian faith. And then the second trip is our apologetics immersive experience. And that's where we get, we give them good apologetics and they have to watch six training uh, videos that I teach. We have them read. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. That's, that's a good program. That's this is a really good program. <laughs> <laughs> that's our textbook for them uh, uh-huh. because, you know, uh, I mean, that book is fantastic because it gives a cumulative case. It's accessible, but it raises the bar for them as well. So they do those two pieces of training and then we give them tests and quizzes and things like that. And then we take them. And typically for the apologetic trip, we're looking for a university town. And so we've done this in Flagstaff, Arizona, where the University of Northern uh, Arizona's at. We've done it in Boulder. We used to do it in Berkeley. Uh, and you used to, you always would say, oh, Berserkly. Yeah. It is berser- is literally Berserkly now. It's so dangerous. We don't, we don't really? take you it. You can't take them there the anymore? The Bay Area is, is out of control. So we're like, okay, we won't go there. There's plenty of other college towns All we right. can go to. We find a college town and we set up uh, a trip. And this is where then we invite atheists. Uh, we invite uh, professors. We go onto the college campus. We talk to skeptical uh, college students. We, it, with the Flagstaff trip, Sedona is next door. Sedona is a new age hub. Right. So they go talk to new agers. Yeah, they talk to all kinds of skeptics there with apologetic training. And now they're able to engage really anybody because we also give them some tactical training. Uh, you know, uh, Greg Kokel, his masterful training. Mm-hmm. We we give them that kind of training so they know how to engage in a conversation. And yeah, then they, they're, they're talking to all kinds of skeptics. And so this is where we really equip them to know why they believe it. And then the trips themselves are getting it out of the classroom into real life and they're learning to articulate it. So Now, how many kids do you take on these trips? And if someone wanted to be a part of that, what do they do? Yeah, okay, so two two things on that. We do custom trips 
for individual groups. And so we've taken college groups, we've taken youth groups, Christian schools, uh, you know, all kinds of groups. They So if you have a group and, you know, you got to have a critical number, um, but we've taken groups as small as I think eight mm-hmm. and we've taken groups as big as like 120. Uh, and then go to maventruth.com and look for the information on immersive experiences there. And we will customize a trip for your group. And in fact, we have trained field guides who lead those trips. Uh, I think them. Well, let's see, probably almost all of them have been through CIA. Which is where we are sitting right now in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Cross-Examined Instructor Academy, which we do once a year, ladies and gentlemen. When you're listening to this, it's already happened. Uh, If you want to be a part of this, keep an eye out. Next summer, we'll have another Cross-Examined Instructor Academy. So these people that kind of chaperone and... And, and they and train le- these young people. Yes. They have come to training themselves. Yeah, so we guide doing. students through the whole experience. Okay. But these these are men and women who have the apologetic knowledge, but not just the apologetic knowledge. They have the interpersonal skills. They love students. They know how to relate to students, and they guide will guide you through that whole experience. Next summer in 2024, we have an open enrollment trip in July, and you can find the information on the website. But this is where we've just had so many parents who said, "Hey." I don't have a youth group or my youth group won't do this trip, but I want to send my kid there. So we've got a trip where anyone in the U.S., you can send your kid to Utah. We'll help you with the training beforehand, and then we'll bring those students together and we'll take them through this incredible experience. Maventruth.com, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't send your child on a trip or your child is very young at this point and this trip is not appropriate, there are still curricula you can get that will help your child learn the material. We have a couple at uh, crossexamine.org. Uh, if you go there and click on store, you're going to see the second to fifth grade curriculum. It's called it's called uh, Yes, God is Real. And then the sixth to eighth grade curriculum is called Let's Get Real. And then anything above eighth grade, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. So we're trying to cover from second grade on up. What other curricula is out there that you know of? Like, go back to the catechism for a second. You talked yeah. about that, a, a, a question and answer kind of training for young people. What, what would you recommend, Brett? Well, there's a great commission publishers puts together. It's called First Catechism. First Catechism. And it's a reform catechism. Now, I'm not personally reformed, right. but it's still a great catechism. You're not predestined to be one. Okay, but there, <laughs> uh, neither am I. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and so, you know, we might, we might delete some of those, you know, those, False ideas, uh, but no, it's a great, a great catechism for very young children. Okay. So we've used it with our kids, starting really, I think, like three years old, and uh, and it's just easy to memorize for the kids. Uh, and so, what, what one thing we're doing at our church, I pa- I co-pastor a church uh, in California with a buddy of mine, and we are taking our entire church through the New City Catechism that would that Tim Keller uh, produced, and it's like fifty-two weeks, and we're taking not only the children but also the adults through it because what we're finding is that it, it, the lack of knowledge is not just a problem amongst our young oh, people. Of course not. You know, it's our adults as well. Uh, and so we're going through that. So I think those are two really good resources for uh, churches to use uh, in terms of curriculum. Yeah. Well, we also have a course coming up in Logic called Train Your Brain. Shanda Fulbright's going to teach that. I'll help her with that as well. That starts in October, ladies and gentlemen. It's for sixth to eighth grade for the premium version. However, anybody can take the self-paced version. 
If you're a beginner in logic, and, and Brett, I always ask audiences a question. How many have ever taken a course in logic? Oh, yeah. I may get 5% of hands go up, and then I go, thank you, homeschoolers. Yeah. It's only the homeschoolers exactly. that have taken logic, right? I do the same thing yeah. with students, and it's it's a small minority, and it's always the homeschool students. That's right. And so even though this is written for 6th to 8th graders, this new course in logic called Train Your Brain, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can take it. If you haven't had a course in logic before, it will help you. We have to train young people how to think rather than what to feel. The public school system is teaching kids what to feel where we need to teach them how to think. That's right. That's right. That's one of the, I think, key ways we inoculate them mm -hmm. against the false ideas of the culture. I mean, the, the culture wants to just import a worldview into them, but often through the feelings and through the eyes right? Through the screen. The lust of the eyes. Yeah. And so yes. we can inoculate them from that, from being taken captive by those ideas with good thinking. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, so you know, we're talking about the immersive experiences and, and that's a big, it's a, you know, you got to take a big bite to invest in that or to find a group that's willing to do that. But that kind of stuff can be done in our homes and our local communities as well. In fact, when I was a youth pastor in Southern California, we do the same kind of thing. We take that same principle and we would teach our middle schoolers, uh, let's say we, we, we do a world religion series. We want them to be aware of these other ideas out there and that these other ideas are false ideas. They're competing with the Christian, you know, the Christian faith. So we would do a couple weeks on Buddhism and we'd start by teaching them, hey, okay, here's what Buddhists believe, right? And, uh, and then a second week on, okay, here is a biblical critique. How does this match up with scripture? Then we do a third week on, okay, here's an apologetic critique. Here are the logical problems with Buddhist thought. Here are the historical problems. And then we would end that, that mini-series with a field trip to the local Buddhist temple. Mm. And this is that whole idea, get it out of the classroom into real life. And when we did that, we, and I, so what I did is I just, I called up the local Buddhist temple. I said, hey, I got 60 junior hires in my youth group here. Uh, we're teaching them about Buddhism. We'd love to bring them to the Buddhist temple and have one of your monks give them a tour and teach them more about Buddhism. Would you guys be willing to do that? They're all over that. They're, yeah, right. they're like, oh, yeah, bring them down. That's so right. we brought them down. They got to interact with a real live Buddhist monk. They got to see the huge idols. And then afterwards, now, but we did the training first. Mm -hmm. This is kind of my, my philosophy has been truth first before you expose them to the error, right? Mm -hmm. You wanna inoculate them. So uh, we, we do that, then afterwards we debrief. And when we got this kind of training out of the classroom, we see kids light up. And so we get you know these 60 junior hires out on the lawn in front of the Buddhist temple after having this whole experience. And man, you can't get them to shut up. Mm. And I don't just mean in general, I mean, that's always a problem. <laughs> you can't get junior hires to shut up, but they wouldn't shut up about Buddhism, about Christian worldview, about truth, about apologetics, and they were just buzzing. But then here's the other aspect of it. We also then got to kind of wrap that up and say, okay, now what does the Christian worldview say about that Buddhist monk? Oh, he's an image bearer. Oh, he's made in the image of God. It doesn't matter what he believes, he still has intrinsic value. How do we treat him? We treat him with dignity and respect, and that's why we treat him the way we did when we were. he was giving us a tour. We didn't mock him. We weren't arrogant towards him. And you know what? He's lost, though. He's lost in his sin. And then we spent time with the junior hires praying for him, mm. 
you know, and helping them and just the, living out the Christian worldview. That's great. That's you great. Know? And so you can do that. So it, whether it's a Buddhist temple, the a Hindu temple, fine. We would get, we would call up uh, Mormon missionaries and have them come visit our youth group, you know, or things like that. You just got to get creative to get them engaged. So you would ask the kids then to bring your questions for the Mormon missionary? Yeah, so we would okay. do our training first, yeah. so they'd under get an overview of Mormonism, and then we had the Mormon missionaries come to youth group and just do a big Q&A session, and they would always typically want to say, hey, can we do a little presentation? We're like, sure, yeah, and then and then we'd open it up and do an hour of Q&A, and the kids were prepared, so they're asking questions and follow-up questions, and they're engaging, and it just brings it all to life, and it just, every time we do something like this, you just see kids light up. Yeah, uh, youth pastors, you want to get beyond bands, Pepsi, and pizza? Um, nothing wrong with doing that, but if you really want to train your kids so not only do they know Christianity, but they're eager to share it, do an immersive experience, even if it's just local. I mean, you could That's call right. the local mosque if you have one, Absolutely. or Buddhist temple, or Mormon church, or yeah, or whatever f- it is, find Jewish synagogue. Yeah, find yeah. any unbeliever. Liberal. How about a liberal church? Yeah, we well, we do that on the immersive experiences. We yeah. will find progressive churches and talk to progressive pastors. Yeah, and say, okay, you don't you don't believe that Jesus is the only way? Why yeah. not? Yeah. You're gay affirming. Why? Yeah, you know, and uh, but yeah, you could just get a. I mean, start with a friend who's an unbeliever who'd be willing to just come in and talk to your youth group and do a Q and A with them. I mean, that's an easy way to do it. Uh, but we have we've got to. Uh, get kids engaged with the world. Now, of course, this requires, and this is, I think, a key part of discipleship with young people. Yeah. They have to see us modeling this. Right. They have to see us living it out. Yeah. Most Christian kids have never seen a Christian adult share the gospel or get into a conversation with an unbeliever. So they are never seeing us do it. So then when we teach them at church or at youth group, oh, you need to go share your faith or you need to do this or that, they're like, well, I've never seen anyone do it. Okay, you say that we need to do this, but I don't see anyone in my church doing it. And so it just, it has no impact. Yeah, there's three levels. There's knowing something academically, there's teaching it, and then there's doing it, Yeah. right? Doing it yourself. That's the third level. That's the hardest level. And if you can get kids to actually do it, then they're going to internalize it. I mean... Friends, imagine uh, that you went to a school where they never required a test for the information that was given. You would not take that as seriously as if you knew there was not only a test, but an oral exam where you needed to, on your feet, engage with somebody to express that you knew the material. That's That's what this is about. Yeah. Right? That's a great way. And it's a great way. I think probably one of the biggest problems I find with Christian young people who grew up in the church is just apathy. Yeah. They're so apathetic. And part of it is because they've given, we've been giving them such a shallow dose of Christianity. And so they think they know, they they think they know what they need to know. Yeah. We're just, we're just against a bunch of stuff. Yeah. 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 And they just, they think, oh, I believe in God and that's, that's good. Right. And, and, and so they have shallow, uh, shallow view of the faith. Um, they've never really seen this kind of lived out. So they just get really apathetic and really comfortable. When you put them in these kind of situations, man, they, they can't be apathetic. Uh, they, cause they're going to get challenged. Uh, they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to be shown right in front of their faces. Oh, you don't know what you believe, mm. you know? And, and, and now some people might be concerned, is this going to create doubt in my kid? Well, uh, it might. But that doubt was going to come 
whether it, you know, you expose them to this or not, because eventually they're going to leave your home. They're going to leave your church. They're going to leave your youth group and they're going to get exposed to these ideas. And if they have a smartphone, they're being exposed to them anyway. And I think it's a much better strategy that we expose them to doubt while they're with us and we can help them walk through that and we can train them and equip them than when they're a thousand miles away from home on a college campus by themselves, or they're at, you know, working at the local, you know, whatever supermarket and they're by themselves and the coworkers are kind of, you know, uh, you know, chipping away at them. Uh, A better strategy is to walk with them through those doubts. And I want, I mean, if those doubts are going to come anyway, I want it to be when they're with me so I can help train them. You've seen the short-term effect of this, that kids really get engaged. They want to know the material. They want to share the material. They don't want to look dumb when they're out there interacting with people. That's why they're so motivated to know it as one reason. Hmm. And uh, so that makes them stronger as Christians, stronger as ambassadors, stronger as witnesses, and stronger personally in knowing what they believe and why they believe it. Have you been able to discover... Uh, how this, how these people have fared, these young people when they've grown up, have they stayed in the church? Have you been able to track anybody to, to yeah, see if they? Well, I have anecdotal okay, evidence. Yeah. We haven't done a you know, survey, formal survey. Yeah, yeah, we understand that. But yeah. we see, we see young people. In fact, what was really cool this year is uh, there's a young man who's a youth pastor in Southern California. He called us and said, "Hey, I want to do an immersive experience." with my youth group. And he said, oh, and by the way, I'm so-and-so. And when I was a high school student, I went on an immersive experience with Upland Christian Academy 10 years ago. It had a huge impact on me. Now I'm a youth pastor and I want to take my kids on this. Mm. And now he got some pushback from his church because this is kind of a, this is kind of dangerous trip, right? Sure. So he had parents who were concerned and, and he, but he kind of fought for it. And we helped him convince his Young P, uh, his 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 fa- the families at the church to send their kids on this trip, and they just went on their very first trip, had an incredible experience, and so that was a that was a great. Uh, it was just great to see that come full circle. A kid who had been on one of these trips, now he's in a position to lead k- kids, and he's saying, "Hey, we got to do this trip." Uh, we have seen. Um, uh, well, we see some immediate effects when kids come back then, especially if they go to Utah, then they start making trouble with their Mormon friends. But over the long term, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of kids who we've seen this trip kind of uh, changes their trajectory a little bit. Mm. And then rather than the typical shallow evangelical faith, there is a hunger for more. And then they seek out the knowledge of God. They make apologetics a regular part of their discipleship. And now, you know, they're, they're parents, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're working at churches or they're, you know, working in uh, different ministries. And yeah, we've just seen how this really helps solidify their, their faith. Now it's no guarantee. We've also seen those kids that will, will walk away, sure. but in terms of strategy, this is more successful than just kind of a steady diet of the typical youth group. It's easy to walk away from something you've doubted your whole life and didn't know very well anyway. Yeah. It's harder to walk away from something you know beyond a reasonable doubt is true. Yeah. And 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 have seen it and tasted it. Yeah, and with some of these kids, so some of the kids we've seen struggle uh there's there's a a little bit more of an opportunity for them to be honest about it too. Mm. And for us to kind of say, "Hey, this isn't intellectual, is it?" Right. You know. Uh because you you know too much. You we're on one of these trips. You got the training. You want you to needed. just live a certain way now. Yeah, that yeah, and is not does not comport with Christian ethics. That's right. Yeah. And so yeah, we'll see that moral doubt that they yeah. struggle. If with. If Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to give up X, Y, or Z. My girlfriend, you know, my 
my LGBTQ. I, 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 I want to affirm yeah. my friends who are in that world. You know, I, no, I, I don't. I'm not interested. Yeah. Okay, well, at least you know where they stand. Yeah, and right? I've had some conversations with these kids where then you're able to get kind of to the heart of the matter pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And they're 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 not able to kind of throw up some intellectual smokescreen. Right. Like, oh, no, I well, I have I struggle with this or that. It's like you're able to confront them with this, their sin. <laughs> All right, let's sum it up this way, uh, Brett. Maventruth.com, they can go there and they can check into immersive experiences. Review yep. again those two catechisms you mentioned earlier that people can First make. Catechism by Great Commission Publishers okay. and then New City Catechism. All right. And you can get those on any you know Christian book distributor or any online retailer. Okay, start there, friends. We also have curricula, as I mentioned earlier. We have Yes, God is Real for second to fifth grade. We also have uh, Let's Get Real, that's for sixth to eighth grade, and I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist is another curriculum beyond that. And then we also have this logic course coming up in October taught by Shanda Fulbright and myself called Train Your Brain. So there are resources out there. It seems to me, Brett, this let is me throw, the way to go forward. Yeah, yeah go let ahead. me throw one more out yeah. there. Uh, my wife Erin and I do a podcast, the Maven Parent Podcast. Oh, good. Where we've just seen there's a need. There's so many parenting resources out mm-hmm. there, and they're all overly pragmatic. They don't incorporate good Christian thinking or worldview. And so they're not a lot of our Christian parenting strategies are not effective. And so what we've done in our podcast is we we try to think carefully about the issues, the challenges, and and we cover, I mean, we'll cover the gender ideology stuff the kids are getting, but we also say, hey, what's the Christian worldview tell us about discipline and the nature of discipline? What Does a Christian worldview have anything to offer when I'm dealing with a picky eater? My three-year-old's a picky eater. How does my theology inform me right. on that? And we try to so we try to offer some good Christian worldview thinking on these things that then lead to practical steps. That the the practical stuff flows out of our worldview, and we try to help coach and mentor parents uh, to really raise their kids with a biblical worldview. Name that podcast again. It's a Maven Parent Podcast. Maven Parent Podcast. Another podcast you need to avail yourselves of, friends. Brett, as always, great being with you. Uh, Thanks for all the work you're doing. And everyone else out there, maventruth.com. Lord willing, see you here next week.